It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 168. We have Mr. Birch back in the house tonight. We're talking about the Manx Grand Prix at the Isle of Man, the classic TT, his visit to Silverstone MotoGP, and he was touring around Scotland while he was in that neck of the woods. Let's bring in the fellas. To my east, Johnny John, Spider Silk, the riding foo. What's up, man? Not much, man. Not much. Just just having a fun evening. Think this is going to be fun. Catch up with Mr. Birch and hear about how about his trip over to the over the over to the pond. A little jaunt across the pond, we say. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what beverage are you sipping on tonight? Is it a? Oh. Let's see. OMB. No, copper, is this your Nevada? Is it a Yingling? What 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 are we what are we what are we putting on the guzzle tonight? Well, I'm gonna shock you because I don't even have a beer. <laughs> Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Actually, I have some rum. What's going on with this? (laughs) I have some, I think it is mango, pineapple mango with lime, and probably about three ounces of uh, Cruisin rum. That sounds pretty cool. Cruisin light rum, man. Okay. Mm. It's delicious. It's about a half ounce too much, though, if I'm honest. Well, what about you? You're not getting off that easy. Well, I'm drinking one of the good old Southern favorite things. Sweet tea. Sweet tea. Nice. All right. Our new co-host, I guess he's technically to my west, maybe to a Scotch North. That would be Brother Bacon. What's happening? What's, what's up? <laughs> I know you're drinking, baby. <laughs> oh, you know. Living the dream here in the Nashville. You having some Jack? No, I am not. I had Jack. I had a little bit of Jack earlier. Uh oh, not that much. Not that much. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. It wasn't even. It wasn't even a quarter of a bottle. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> so, are you still drinking that, or have you moved on? No, no. Literally, I I literally just had like two fingers of Jack, and that was it. Um, I've actually moved on though. Just a sip. I actually, I found myself a new Voodoo Ranger. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. It's called the Juicifer IPA. The Juicifer. Yeah. What, is it like what's what's in it? Citrus, tangerine, like what what's in it? Well, it says brimming with citrus aromas from Galaxy and Citra hops. This moderately sweet and hazy IPA is devilishly juicy. Very yep. nice. Very comes nice. in t- comes in six twelve ounce cans with a seven point seven ABV. Yo, seven seven. Wow, <laughs> that's almost as much as what's in my glass, and mine is distilled. <laughs> they they are kind of trending towards that, aren't they? Yep. You're gonna start finding beers in uh, the liquor stores. All right, so let's bring in our special guest. You've heard him before. From Antique Cycles Edgefield, Mr. Sean Birch. What's happening, buddy? Oh, just living the dream here in Edgefield, you know. That's how it goes. 
Very nice. And what's in the glass, bottle, or can? Uh, it's a uh, glass tonight. Uh, the wife came back from the grocery store yesterday with a um, Blue Moon variety pack, and so I was trying the honey wheat. It's actually pretty good, pretty mellow. Nice. Mellow it down as we transition from the sweltering summer to the slightly less sweltering fall. Yes, at, l- at least you didn't come home with something pumpkin spice, so I- I- I'll take the Blue Moon. So. Nice, nice. All right. Without further ado, let's fire up our new sounded, new sounded, new sound, new topic. Well, Mr. Birch was at the place where that flyby happened, and we're going to talk all about it. So you spent how many days over in the UK? Was this uh, nine days? I remember. No, no, uh, 16. 16? Yeah. Wow. All right, set the stage for us. We need the itinerary. Yeah, okay. When we were planning this year's trip, um, you know, I'm really getting into MotoGP these days. Uh, you know, not what the last few years, just, you know, really, really like MotoGP. And last year, we incorporated the, uh, the Assen race in Holland. Uh, so I wanted to kind of do the same thing this year. And just looked at different dates, and I saw that the MotoGP race in, in England at Silverstone, it was the weekend in the middle of what uh, the Isle of Man is, the Festival of Motorcycling, which is the Classic TT and the Manx Grand Prix. Right. So I said, that'll be a pretty cool trip. See if we could fly in, get the MotoGP race, uh, get there, watch the MotoGP race head off to Liverpool, catch the ferry, and then go over for a week on the Isle of Man, catch a part of the classic TTs and all of the Manx Grand Prix. So uh, it worked out great. Um, MotoGP, first weekend, went over, stayed at the Isle of Man for a week for the classic TTs and the Manx Grand Prix, and then spent the uh, last week doing a little tour around Scotland. So nice. it was, um, yeah. And you had an interesting, an interesting stay along the way, I understand. Oh yeah, had a had a few interesting stays, but uh, but yeah, one was, was uh, in the water. Yeah, one the 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 most memorable one was uh, in Edinburgh at the uh, the harbor of, of Leith. There's a uh, well, the Royal Yacht Britannia is is uh, moored there, and you can also stay on a yacht called the Fingal. So it's a little pricey, but you know you only live once. <laughs> yeah, I hear and. It is. Oh, it, it's well worth. As they say, if you have the means, I highly recommend staying on the Fingal in Leith Harbor. Yeah, we're going to put a link for that in our show notes, which will be loudpipes.net slash 168. And you have to check out this. Would they consider that a ship, a yacht, a boat? Uh, it started, well, I guess it started off life as a, as a naval ship because it supported the, uh, the lighthouses along the, uh, the coast. Yeah. So really, I guess it's a ship and it's converted into a yacht. Well, they, they have a cool breakdown of the restoration and the conversion and just the, the, what it is today, you know, we'll just call it a yacht for now, but it is gorgeous. Like inside you're just, it's breathtaking. I can't believe you could even stay it, there. It's, it's gorgeous. And they are all about first class treatment. So it's, it's definitely, you know, sometimes you spend a lot of money you're kind of underwhelmed with the experience, not on the Fingal. They, they take real good care of you. Very nice. How many nights on that? Just, just one. Just one. Okay. 
And were you at sea or, or in the dock? No, no, no. You're just docked. I, I don't think it's actually seaworthy anymore. I think they took all the, uh, oh. the important, I think they took all the important parts out probably to make more room. Uh, it's, uh, it's just a, a floating hotel basically. Yeah. Yeah. She is purely for entertainment. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I have to get my fix of the Isle of Man, whether it's TT, Manx Grand Prix, classic old bikes, two strokes, whatever. We've got to talk about it. So I think when we had you on last, you've talked about the the proper race, the Isle of Man TT, but compare that a little bit to the the scene at the Manx Grand Prix and then the racing itself. Uh, between the regular TT and the classic TT Manx Grand Prix, which they've kind of rebranded and they call it now the, the Festival of Motorcycling. So is it uh, like two events though? Like, it is it is two events basically. It is the classic TT is kind of one event by itself. I mean they 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 merge together. But, but I cl- believe it's the classic is is not modern bikes. These are of a no, certain vintage. No. They they are of a certain vintage. Some of them are very old. Mm-hmm. Uh some of them not so old, but it's uh different classes. You know, some of it is just about getting guys, you know, well-known racers out there on these classic bikes that usually have some sort of race pedigree. I mean, like Agostini was out there on uh, a classic bike and you had, um, uh, John McGinnis. He, he was on, you know, different, the, the, their actual, there are races and then there's like the lap of honor (laughs) exhibition, (laughs) right? Yeah. Like basically like exhibition. So that, that's the, that's the difference is there, there is racing. Um, But then the the lap of honor, they basically try to you know try to get out some of your well known you know yeah. you know guys from the past to get out there on bikes that you know may, it's maybe not even a bike that they rode in the past. It's just one that's got some race pedigree, uh, and it's it's really great. I tell you, to hear those two strokes come <laughs> screaming around Quarter Bridge, I mean it does something to your soul, brother. I'm gonna tell you right now that when you hear those, because that's what I remember racing sounding like growing up. Yeah, with those two stroke GP bikes, and then you hear them come screaming around there, and you know you smell that two stroke. You know, oh, it's it's uh, it's special. And everybody, it's funny you could look around you and everybody was saying the same thing oh there's two strokes mm. you know you know you're not in kansas anymore right but yeah it really is like i say it's it's two events because they're at the the first week which is practice and then you go into the first weekend and it's the classic tt races and they finish up on that monday well then that following wednesday is when you pick up with the manx grand prix that's when you you have um because you won't have the same guys doing both yeah, and that's and that's proper racing with modern machines, correct? Right, it is. Yes, it is, and it's uh, it, and mainly, I mean, the best way to describe it is, and I may be describing it wrong, so I might probably write in and tell you uh, how wrong I am. But but it's almost like the junior league of the TT racers. It's almost like guys that are up and coming. Okay, it's it's guys that that want to break in. They want to be the next John McGinnis or the next Michael Dunlop. But they're um, they don't have they're not that big yet. They hadn't won races yet. So you come out to the Manx Grand Prix, and uh, you know you try to do really well there and get recognized and maybe get a sponsor so you can come back and 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 race the big TTs. And that that's the full course, correct? Yes, it's it's the full course. All all the races happen on the on the full course. Right. Well, I was just I was watching some video of the is it the Southern One Hundred? 
Right. And that's a, a shorter course. And that, that looks difficult, to be honest. I mean, it was a shorter course, yes, but the twists and turns and the differences where you turn off, I, well, I would consider like the main course, just, I don't know, looked, a little, looked even more scary than the, than the big TT. Yeah, the the Southern 100 actually, as as it says, is is down the south part of the island. It actually covers a part of the island uh, not covered by right. what we consider the mountain course. Right. Um, it, it was funny because I, uh, you know, my wife rides bicycles and she wanted to ride while she was over on the Isle of Man. So we we went down to uh, Port Aaron, which is way south uh, on the island, and so she could rent a bike from a place there called the Bike Hut. And while we were down there, we were coming from there back to Douglas. I looked on the side of the road and I saw the little black and white cross hatching on the curbs, which when you're on the mountain course, that denotes the race course. Well, I said, well, there's no way the course comes on this far. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, that's the Southern 100. The Southern. <laughs> yeah, because I wrote, because I actually rode by the grandstand for the Southern 100 on the way back to Douglas. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, it makes sense now. So nice. Then there's even another, there's another course, uh, at Jerby, which is out at the airport. There's a, there's an airfield out there called Jerby and they do run some races out there, but it's like a closed, it's like a proper race course, like a closed course, but it's an old airfield is, is where it's set up at. Got it. Bacon, go ahead. Well, I was actually just wondering, okay, so Manx Grand Prix on the Isle of Man, uh, on the mountain course there, um, do they record like what their top, like what the record run is around the course or like, and how's that compare to, to the seniors and whatnot? Yeah, they do. It's, um, it, it, they do record that and they do, if, if someone sets a record during the Manx Grand Prix, um, that's faster. In fact, I think that happened either this year or last year. Somebody had to look that up to, to, uh, but it, it's it, if you if you get the fastest lap on the on the mountain course, mm-hmm. it's the fastest lap because it's the same course. I mean, there's no difference. It's the same course. You're you know, it's not like well, yeah, this is the junior league, which means it's the the riders that may, you know maybe don't have the top dollar bikes and don't have uh, the experience as the regular TT riders, the ones we all know. But they're racing the same course. So if you and and there's a um, uh, guy. I wish I'd have done my research better and had the name of it. But it's uh, it's the Tommy Club. I think's what it's called. But when you average a lap of one twenty or more, then they put you in the Tommy Club. And they were they were naming guys that were were averaging one twenty and better uh, on the course this year. And they were saying, oh yeah, well they made it to the Tommy Club. So I'm looking at the let's see. What is the one they call the CTT? That's classic TT. Classic TT. Okay, I'm not finding any stats, but yeah, we'll we'll put the usual links to the Isle of Man website where you can get those. I spent a lot of time in there looking around the stats, just year over year, and it's it's funny to go back and see the progression. You know, you look at the the blistering pace that they're doing now of what is it, 132 and change is the record now something like that mile per hour. And then you can just see it slowly tick down over the years. And then at some point there's a pretty dramatic change. I think like in the early two thousands, they were really picking up the pace. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, you know, the jumps in technology that the bikes make. I mean, that's with, with, uh, engines and, and braking and all these things that, that make big technological leaps. That's where that speed comes in, you know, where every year you, 
get a little faster. You know, if your if your brakes a little better, you can run a little harder into the corners. If your handling's a little better, you can handle the curves a little better. If you got more more horsepower, then the straightaways are better. So every year, and you know, I, I don't know how it is, but every year it seems like you get some you know a younger and younger crowd that you know some guy comes along, he's got a little more nerve than the last guy, and you know, <laughs> take it just hold, a little bit deeper. He, he, yeah. he takes it a little bit farther. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it's it's well, it's even funny to hear him talk about um, who has the record right now. Is it is it Hickman? Uh, uh, it's no? either Peter. It's either Peter Hickman or, or um, uh, Harrison. Either Dean Harrison. It's either Dean Harrison or Peter Hickman. But one or the other. I was watching a a video from them from this year, and they were asking, you know, if they think that's kind of the peak, or we you know we kind of leveling off for a while. And I just remember him saying, "Oh no, there's there's a lot more." He's like, "There's a lot of places where I can." I know I can make up time. So even though being like the fastest rider right now, he still knows he can go a lot faster. Like he's not, he's still not getting it all for the whole lap. That's just amazing. Yeah. Peter Hickman holds the record for the uh, senior TT. Yeah. 131.7. 31. There you go. Sweet. Sorry, Megan. So stepped that, on you there. No, that, Oh no, no, you're got, you're, you're good there. Actually. Um, it's kind of an odd question, I guess, but when you're talking about racing, especially mountain course, uh, you're, you're thinking you have the seniors and then you have the amp, well, more quote unquote amateurs. What's the, uh, what's the accident ratio when talking about like the Manx GP? I mean, I know they're going slower, but is there like a higher accident ratio? Maybe not so deadly, but hmm. It's a good question. Uh, I I do know that just looking at at the the stats I've seen, I do know that as far as fatalities go, uh, there's not nearly as many during the the Manx as as you know Manx Grand Prix is during the regular TTs. Like like this past year, uh, or I know two years ago at the uh, at the TTs there were three fatalities. Um, and there were none at the Manx Grand Prix this year. There actually was one at the Classic TT this year. Uh, the day before I got there, there was a um, um, there was a, New Z- a guy from New Zealand that uh, that got killed uh, during the Classic TTs. Uh, Mark Swallows, I think his name is. Mm. And sorry, I just got to step back to Peter Hickman's record. Uh, it's one thirty. It's over one thirty five. Oh, that's right. That was the, the, yeah, he's, he's got a faster record this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's got the outright and on the super bike, it's, uh, Harrison super sport is still Dunlop. According to the website, Michael Dunlop. Very nice. And the TT zero getting up there. 121.824. You know, to me, that's the amazing thing. I remember when they were offering like 10,000 pounds for the first uh, company to break a hundred mile an hour average <laughs> and and now they're like 120 i mean it's it's crazy they're they're just a they're one mile an hour off of the lightweight tt which is also held records also held by michael dunlap so yeah all the all the records well there might have, i think there was one or two that fell in 19 this is as of 2018 but yeah they're all set in 18 that's pretty cool so what's the scene there, though? So you, you've been to the TT and you've been to the Manx Grand Prix. I think you've been to this more than once, right? 
Uh, yeah, this is the uh, we went in 2017 to the uh, to the big TTs in right. May and June, and then this year went over for the classic TT and the Manx Grand Prix. So this was our second time to the Isle of Man. So uh, it, it's. So like crowd crowd wise, it's a little thinner, I would imagine. It, it is. It's very similar in feel, except for there is just a little bit more of a laid back atmosphere at the classic. You know, just in, in the in the Manx, it, it's you know I, I think that you know you've got about a quarter of a million people at the uh, at the TTs at the at the you know May and June, and there's not quite as many. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe three quarters of that or half of that uh, for the classic TT or Festival of Motorcycling, uh, Fortnite. So it's uh, it's a little bit more laid back, and you see a lot of guys riding classic bikes. Oh, you, cool. I, I saw I saw a lot of guys on that over there on uh, you know old classic Royal Enfields and Nortons Triumphs BMWs just. Uh, you know, I saw a, you know, I'm a, a Vincent freak and I was coming out of the, the, the shops downtown uh, on the square in Douglas and parked up right outside before I went to my bike was a, uh, about a 53, 52, 53 Vincent parked right there. I was like, oh man. So it's, it's more of a laid back, uh, more of a laid back, you know, less, less guys on, on crotch rockets you know, mm-hmm. out there, more, more guys on classic bikes and, and cruisers and uh, adventure tours and things like that. Um, but still really, really, you know, both, both were great atmospheres. I mean, I loved when we went to the TTs um, and, and the people of the Isle of Man are so just so friendly. They, they embrace, you know, both, both sets of races and and it's really exciting to do, yeah. to do either. Yeah. There was a, uh a hogwash article floating around about how some people were saying it's time to move the TT a little bit. And I think that's, uh, well, I don't know. What what do you think about that? You you don't get that feeling when you were there. I know we've talked offline that wherever that came from seems to be a very, very small minority. And it is, I mean, I'm I'm sure you go anywhere. It's like, you know, it's like going to Augusta and going, talking about master's week. You're going to find people that just absolutely, oh, they hate it and they wish they'd get rid of it, you know, and then the rest of us kind of understand that, you know, Augusta dies without, (laughs) without that income. So it's the same with the Isle of Man, but, but even more so in the Isle of Man. I mean, the Isle of Man, those people genuinely embrace visitors. I mean, I've never got the feeling that, they only like you because you're there spending a lot of money. You know, right. oh, you know, we need to keep these guys happy because they're they're in spending money. It's not that. I mean, these are. Let me tell you about the people of the Isle of Man, the Manx people, how friendly they are. In bad years, when it rains, and and you know, there's so many people camping there because there's just not enough place for everybody to stay. Right. Because it's a small island, and a lot of people want to come to the races. So there's just tons and tons of people tent camping. If you ever have a really bad week where you just have so much rain, people open their houses to folks that are tent camping. Hey, you want to come stay with us for a night and, you know, be dry for a night, wash your clothes, have a hot meal. And they do this for free. They don't don't say, hey, come do it for, you know, 50 quid. They do it for free. They're like, you know, hey, you know, come into my house. I know it's been rough out there, you know, tent camping, come in and dry out and have a cup of tea and you know, use my washer and dryer before we have to go back out into the rain. So awesome. They're that kind of people. Very nice. Now you had an interesting 
or unique experience this year with your marshalling. Yes, I actually, I, I am a card carrying member of the Isle of Man TT Marshal Association. Yeah, nice. Yeah, the vest to prove it, and I have the vest to prove it. I certainly do. Now, um, did you auction it off, or is it? Are you still taking I, bids? No, I did. No, no, I did. I auctioned okay. it off. Uh, actually, a friend of mine in uh, Abbeville, South Carolina, Jay Pruitt, he actually was the winning bidder, uh, and and he'll be uh, he'll be the proud owner. He's a good buy. He owns a bike shop and a hot rod shop, so it'll be a, it'll be in good hands. So I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to have him have it. And nice. I actually have another one, another vest that was given to me years ago by a friend of mine who used to marshal uh, Eddie Wright. Uh, over in uh, in England, he used to marshal every year, and would send me all kind of memorabilia. So he sent me a couple of uh, they call them tabards, orange tabard, but mm-hmm. it's uh, the orange vest. So, so I, I still got one. So I'm not too heartbroken about. It. And it was a good cause, you know. I, I raised money for my my distinguished gentleman's ride money uh, fundraiser. So it was it was good. Very nice. But but yeah, marshaling was uh, it was a unique experience. The week before I left uh, to go over. I, I was, you know, a lot, on a lot of the Facebook pages, and I saw where they were, they were short of marshals. In fact, I think they had to cancel one of the um, practice sessions because they didn't have enough marshals. It takes about five hundred marshals to oh, run true. any to run a, a, either a race or a practice session uh, on you because it's a thirty-seven and three-quarter mile course. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they were they were short of marshals. So I, I went online and I. I, I I signed up. I said, yeah, I'll be there all week and I, I'll sign up for two or three days of marshalling. So um, Tuesday actually wasn't supposed to be a race day uh, when I was there, but because of the weather they had had and some of the delays they had had, they ended up running some uh, qualifying and, and practice on Tuesday. So I actually marshaled in section four down uh, near Glen Helen. Uh, at the helicopter field, there's actually a field there where if they were to have an accident on that part of the track, it's where the helicopter would land. So I worked with a couple of nice guys, uh, Tony and Mark, who had been doing it for many years. They had been marshalling for many years. Uh, and I worked with those guys and, and we had a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was, it was neat to help. I was glad to help because, you know, when you go to the race, it's not like, it's not like going to Silverstone and, you know, paying 300 quid for two tickets for the weekend, you know, you don't pay anything. All you do is, you know, show up at the island and and watch, find a place to watch it. So there's nobody making money off of it in, in that aspect. I mean, well, you, your hotel, your you hotel do have to buy tickets. So if you want like grandstand, right? Yeah. If you want to sit in the grandstand, then there are tickets to sit there. And even some places like, uh, you know, the bar up at, you know, Craig Nabah, they've got a, a grandstand you can pay to sit in and, and lots of other places around the yeah, uh, around the circuit do as well, but but you know for the most part, if you you find a, a neighbor's fence you can lean on and he doesn't care, then you can stand right there and watch it for free. Or you know we we stayed in a in a, a bungalow uh, at Kronkavati, uh, and and we were actually on the race course, which is great when 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 you're at your bungalow and they're racing, you can <laughs> sit there. And you can watch the race. The only bad thing is you can't go anywhere because the roads are closed. Right. So, yeah, so you're stuck in for the duration. Yeah. If, if you don't mind, I'm going to put that picture in the show notes and, and some of the other ones from the trip too that oh, you, sure. you shared with me on, on Slack. Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. That's the marshalling. The, I think if I have any other ones. So, John, does it sound good? I mean, you, you want to go join us at the Isle of Man? Does it sound like your thing? No. Friendly people hanging out. 
sitting on a, a cold he, stone he wall hates friendly people. watching racing. <laughs> good, good beer, good food. Oh, man. I don't know. No, 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 not yet. No. He likes crappy beer, crappy food. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's where we'll visit bacon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. What <laughs> up, up? <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. What else did I want to know about that? Oh, we didn't cover the pre-trip adventure. We totally forgot that. We we didn't cover it. I kept waiting for you to get to that. Any Anything that makes you out to be the hero, you should be like, hey, let's talk about this well, first. Yeah, I've got to get my hero card in. So, yeah, let's have it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So you you had a little flight mix up, I hear. Well, a little shenanigans by American Airlines, you know, and it wasn't to, to their credit. It wasn't their fault. It was the weather. But we were scheduled to leave out on Thursday night uh, from Augusta. You know, we work uh, five miles from the uh, Augusta airport. So right. we had booked out of uh, to fly out of Augusta to Charlotte and then Charlotte to to London. So we were scheduled to fly out about like 7.59 out of Augusta and get into Charlotte at 9.04 and our flight was at 10.04 to go to London. So, you know, should have worked out okay. So we get to the airport in Augusta at about 6 o'clock to, to check into our flight. You know, we've already checked it online. You know, go to, you know, check our bags and stuff. Yep, ready to go. And, yep, as I get out of the car to get our bags out, I get a notification from American Airlines saying, oh, your flight's delayed. And it may impact your next flight. And I'm like, oh, man, I just, you know, if I miss that connector, I mean, that's that's crazy. Well, then by the time I got out of the car and got up to the desk, it was your flight's canceled. So, you know, you can rebook. I'm like, oh, man. So at this point, I try to look at the rebooking options. And it doesn't even give me an option to leave on Friday because, you know, you know, it's an overnight flight. So we left on Thursday. We get there yeah. Friday morning. Leave on Friday. You get there Saturday morning. So I said, well, if we book tomorrow, Friday, you're losing then we'll get there. Day. Yeah, we'll get, well, yeah, we're losing a day, but we'll get there Saturday and that won't be so bad. But there was no flight for Friday, only Saturday, which means I would have got there Sunday about, oh. you know, 11 and then the MotoGP race is Sunday. So now you've already, you know, you got 300 pounds tied up in tickets to a MotoGP race. So, so at six o'clock, our flight's canceled. Our flight from Charlotte is leaving. It's an international flight leaving at 10.05, 10.04, something like that. <laughs> so we've got a decision to make. You know, Lynn and I, my wife and I are you know, going, well, what do we do? Do we just go home? Do we, you know, can we we'll try to make it? And we knew if we, if we, we rushed to get to Charlotte, we'd be cutting it close to get there for the flight. But then you got to think about on international flights, you got to yeah. check in like, like a minimum of 90 minutes before. Yeah. Well, they won't so, even, if you show up at the check-in gate beyond that time, they won't even check you in. They just, right. They, That's, they won't, yeah, they, yeah, they won't check you. Sorry, you're, you're not here in time. So, so anyway, I said, you know what? The only thing we can do is try. Let's, you know, nothing ventured, nothing game. So we, we, she, she's driving because I'm trying to do all the logistics of what we need to do. She's, she's, we're, you know, we're bombing down I 20. You're looking at the parking map and it's like, okay, yeah. if I park here and then we run to that spot. And- <laughs> exactly. I mean, really, that's what we're doing. So, so anyway, we're, you know, we're bombing down I 20, you know, bending a few speed laws, not, you know, a few. And never done that before. No, no. no. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a saint. No, I know know you never do that. I know y'all fellas wouldn't do that. 
Yes. No, anyway, don't. Speed so, limit saves lives, my friend. That's exactly right. And and fuel. Think about all that fuel. Yeah, and fuel. <laughs> and tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, we we start. You know, we're, we're, we're only thing we could hope for. I say, you know, they said that the the reason why our flight was canceled because the uh, the airport's closed in Charlotte because of a bad thunderstorm. I said, well, this time of year, thunderstorms don't last forever. It'll eventually clear out. So. Let's just take our chances and try to get to Charlotte, and maybe our flight will be delayed long enough for us to to get there. Right. So we, you know, head down twenty and then get on seventy seven. And I get to thinking when I'm still on twenty, I said, you know, what would be sweet is if somebody would meet us at the departures gate. I said because if we have to park because we got to park for two weeks, and we didn't expect to have to park for two weeks because right. we're gonna fly out of Augusta. My aunt was gonna drop us off and. You know, we'd be on our way. So I said, who do I know that lives in the greater Charlotte area <laughs> that might meet me at the departures gate and park my car for me? Hmm. My buddy, Rich. You know. And it's so, funny. I, I had just come through there on on the Interceptor because I ride it to work most days now and traffic was rough in the city. So I ended up going out around 485 and just cutting across you know, basically right past the runways on 160. And I'm, I'm seeing your messages just as I got home. So it would have been even funnier if I had, could have just stopped with the bike, parked the car and then kept going right on home. <laughs> that, that would have been, that would have been awesome, but it, it worked <laughs> as long as it worked out, it, it was still great. worked. Yeah. But, but I, I had this idea. I said, man, it, cause, cause if we, I knew if we have to park in long-term parking and then Take the bus. Wait for the bus. Wait for the bus. Wait for the bus to, to get the through traffic. Right. I said, there's no way we'll make it. I said, but if my buddy Rich can meet us at the terminal, park our car, we might <laughs> save enough time to make it. And it really was, y'all. It was, it was, it was so awesome. You know, at first Rich said, Well, hey, if you get there before I do, you park in the hourly parking and just hide your keys. Yeah, and tell me what the, the keys are, and I'll park it. And then I got to think, I was like, no, how about this? How about you park in the hourly parking, and then just come over there? We just get right out of the car at the departures gate, and he's like, yes, that's even better. Because I got there, I ended up getting there a little ahead, yeah. so it worked. Yeah, out. Yeah, you got that right. You got there before we did. So we literally, I saw, I saw Rich standing there. We pulled up. You know, didn't even say yo hey or whatever. We just start grabbing bags out. I'm like, man, I appreciate it. Keys like, are in there. I said, there's there's a little bit of cash in the glove box so you can buy yourself a beer. I'll talk to you when I get back, buddy. Thanks. And you know, we're we're off to the terminal. And we you can imagine the terminal's been shut down for several hours because so storm, now you've got yeah. because of the storm. Yeah. So now you've got people in there and they're they're not in good moods because they've had their flights delayed or canceled. And we're trying to get in there and check two bags. And finally, um, there started to be enough people standing in the American Airlines area right there. that They opened up, you know, more than one, you know, counter. And so we we get in there and we give them our bags and they check our bags. And then luckily we're TSA pre-checked. So we go to the little TSA line, the TSA pre-check line. There's no, there's no waiting. And we go through and a guy scans our tickets and our passports and he looked at me and he said, buddy, you cutting it close, ain't you? And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, you are, you are seven minutes from me not letting you check into this flight. Seven minutes. So, Rich, you you saved our trip because we never would have had that seven minutes if we would have had to take that bus. No, no way. Long term, no way. No way. 
So it's wow. good to have friends in low places. So it was, you were the hero. You were, and, and I brought you back a couple of things from the Isle of Man for, you know, for Sweet. your trouble. So Sweet. when I see you, I got a couple of things for you. So Awesome. Yeah, it was funny timing because it was just a down evening. We had nothing going on. You know, I got home. Kids were going to be going off to bed shortly. And it's like, well, I'm going to run to the airport and I'll be back. That was it. Easy and, and it really is. I mean, it's 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 good to have friends like that because I mean, really, I, I mean, that's I would have lost you know at least one day of vacation, if not two days, if not more. You know, you don't ever know how that comes out, but but it worked out good where we got through security and our flight was delayed. You know, two or three times. That's that's how we were able to make it because we were on the way there. I got a notification, your flight's been delayed 30 minutes. And I got another notification, been delayed another 30 minutes. So that hour gave us enough time. But we got through security and got to our gate. And, and there's a there was a bar right across from the from our uh, term from our, our gate. Mm-hmm. So we sat we sat there and drink we sat there and drank beer until uh, they finally quit delaying the flight and started boarding it. So it was uh, it was good timing all around. So Nice. And so, and they still let you fly. <laughs> yes. And they still let me, and they still let me fly. Yes, they did. Well, the good thing is, is the flight to, uh, to London, you know, they've got this, there, there are two flights a day going to, uh, from Charlotte. I mean, there's, a, there's, it's one plane. It goes from Charlotte in the evening to London in the morning. And then that flight turns around and comes back from London, goes back to Charlotte. So that same plane runs that route just back and forth. So because you've got people here with tickets and they have to get to London and they know they got another group of people they got to pick up in London to come back to Charlotte, it's really hard for them just to cancel that flight. You know, if it's a domestic flight, they got all kinds of planes and ways they can do you. But but that route, you, you knew that as long as the weather would clear off, that they would fly you out. So. Yeah, it's it, it's a, the same plane they use to go over. They need it to come back. Yeah, so. you need it to come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they got spare planes sitting around over there. They, they need it to come back. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So you went on to, I didn't realize this, you did MotoGP first. Right. That was the first weekend. Yeah. All right. So we can transition into that. Yeah. Okay. So what, I guess, I so here here's my struggle. I'm, I'll admit it. I'm not a huge MotoGP fan, and I'm not really sure why, but. I'm sort of more drawn to like World Superbike and Moto America. I mean, Moto America just because it's here, and I've followed that this year intensely. But if you can compare them or tell us, you know, what is it about MotoGP that you like? Like, what is it that really draws you in? And especially recently, you said you've really started getting into it in the last couple of years. You know, I think what it is is it's just. It's just like watching the best of the best on a motorcycle. And, and that's not a knock against World Superbike. It's not a knock against against Moto America. I mean, it's just, it's just like when you, you know, because, you know, over here we're all big football fans, or most of us are big football fans. You know, if you go watch a high school game, it's a lot of fun. You, you, you enjoy it. It's great. You, you see it. But there's a certain level of skill there. Then you go watch college. And that skill has increased. So now you've gotten the best players from high schools around the country to get scholarships to go play at some of the best colleges. And, you, and you've got the, the best of this. Well, then when you go up to the pro level, you've got the best of those guys right. playing professional football. So the, the talent gets better every level. It gets better. And it gets exponentially better. So it's almost like that uh, with MotoGP. To me, 
MotoGP for this for this type of racing. You're not talking about like you know not road racing like the class that we know, like no, the TT, no, not like which the I love, just like but, circuit but, racing. But, but circuit racing, track racing, those guys are the best of the best. I mean that that is the you know the Valentino Rossi's, the Mark Marquez, the you know Daviziosos, you know the Maverick Vinales, Alex Renz, Those guys are the best of the best. So, and it's also the manufacturers. Yeah. I mean, these, you know, these are guys that are spending millions of dollars on a bike, on a bike. Oh yeah. Not on a fleet of bikes on a bike. Um, the great thing about world Superbike and, and moto America and, and the smaller circuits or like British Superbike and stuff like that. Yeah. Is it, it's, it's great because it's bikes you can go buy. I mean, basically, it's, uh, you know, the, for the most part, I mean, I know there's some modifications, but for the most part, you, you can go down and buy that bike at your local dealership, you know, pretty much. It's pretty close to what those guys are racing. Yeah, except uh, except for things like now the electronics and the suspension. But yeah, the, the base bike itself and any of us, almost any of us could just go and, and buy those. Sure. And maybe that's what I like. I think where MotoGP falls down for me, and it's not the riders. I, I love watching the riders. I love what they can do. You know, seeing Marquez get to, you know, 60 some degree lean angle. I mean, that's, that's awesome. But I think where it falls down for me is, is, is just the money. Like there's so much spend in it where it kind of feels like an arms race. You know what I mean? And it is. And, and that is the. Oh, oh sorry. Uh oh. Hold on. I hung up on Mr. Birch. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, well, apparently, there we apparently go. all you needed was the save him story. Hey. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Fuck. I was supposed to add him to the call. Damn it. Oh, Hold on. Yes. Rico. What's up? <laughs> Not a whole lot, man. What you got? What you drinking? I know you've been drinking. Man, you know I've been drinking. I do know. I mean, you, yeah, you just know because I do that. Because hey. you had margaritas, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I lost, I lost somebody. Somebody cut me out. So. Yeah, sorry. I Rico was calling and I tried to bridge the line, but instead I hung up on you. <laughs> <laughs> Rico, you got me kicked off, man. Oh, I know, right? Got the big old boot. Sorry, <laughs> buddy. Right. He said, "You wait a minute. You you ain't that big. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, wait a minute. Bigger name on line two. <laughs> We've got a bigger fish coming in on line two. Sorry. Hold, please. Bigger, bigger name on line two. Be right back, please. <laughs> uh, do you have a beverage, Mister Hogan? Before we get back to our MotoGP. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know I'm drinking on some some. No, I'm drinking on you know an old standby, the Dos Equis. Oh, Dos Equis. So, Very nice. Yeah. It's so, very nice indeed. So, so we'll bring you up to speed real quick. So Sean has been to the UK. So he went to the Isle of Man for the Manx Grand Prix and the Classic TT, which, what do they call now? The Festival of... Festival of Motorcycling. Festival of Motorcycling. That's an yeah. odd name, really. Yes, it, it is. But, you know, I'll take it, you know, whatever. So we were now getting into his visit to Silverstone for MotoGP and we were kind of bantering back and forth, you know, what is it he really likes about GP? And I don't know what you were saying when I hung up, but you can start there. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll, we'll pick it back up. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I didn't mean that's, it. That's okay, brother. I know you didn't mean it. I know. <laughs> oh, I think I, I was, I think I was saying what I 
where it falls down for me is the the absolute spend of money, like the arms race. Yeah, and I have it, the it same is. problem with Formula One. Like the cars are amazing, the right. drivers are amazing, but it's just I'm like, ah, it's just and, not my thing for some reason. And and you're right. And that's what I was that's what I was saying is that that is where the separation is for people that that either like MotoGP and Formula One for that matter, or or you don't. Right. The thing is, is that either you you want to see people racing a bike you could buy, which is like World Superbike and and uh, and Moto America, versus MotoGP, which is the the really the the top of the mark, the 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 absolute state of the art of manufacturers. What you can do with with engine and suspension and braking and electronics, yeah, uh, and you and you put the best riders on those bikes. So to me, it's I, I guess I enjoy. It's and the you know, best funny of thing everything. Is, yeah, it's, it's the best, the best of everything. Of everything. Yeah. Right? It, it's it's absolutely the pinnacle of what you could do in that type of racing if you had unlimited funds and you had the best rider because that's what they do is they attract the best riders, they spend the most money. And and you're right. Either either it's your thing or it's not. It's now I was just the opposite in car racing. I could care less about Formula One or you used to back in the day. I could care less, mm-hmm. but I loved NASCAR. And and one of the things I liked about NASCAR was it, it used to be cars you could kind of go buy off the showroom. Right. It got to the point where it's not anymore. It's nowhere close to that anymore. But that was the difference. Is is that it, at least they looked like cars you could go down to your local Chevy dealer and buy. Uh, where Formula One doesn't look, you know, it looks like a spaceship, you know, it doesn't look anything yeah. like a car you would normally drive. But the motorcycles is a little different. I mean, they they still look like the same bikes, except for those, you know, dumb winglets everywhere. But uh, but really, like you said, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, there is one, there's one time of the day when I think of MotoGP, and that's when the VFR hits the VTEC. And I'm just yeah, holding it right. wide open, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You you're gonna see if you can get to that that 67 degree lean lean angle like uh, Marquez did, you know. So, well, I I measured some of my track video from my my third track day, and it's like 43, Wait, 45. You, you said you said you measured it using the video, so I used the horizon. So I measured, so in the full lean, I, lo- I put a protractor on the screen and measured the angle of the horizon to the camera. Just a rough guesstimate, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rico, I, 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 envisioned, I envisioned going up to the TV holding like a protractor to the... To the I did, I can see, I did. I can see him doing that. <laughs> That's what's funny about it. <laughs> I put it in the clubhouse, too, because I was measuring um, Cameron Bobier for Moto America. He was in a a sweeping right-hander. I think it was at New Jersey. And I measured one of my more comfortable corners from CMP just to see what the difference was. And mine was like 42 degrees and his was like, I don't know, 55 or something. It was ridiculous. (laughs) You know, what's terrible is when you're, when you're having somebody either film you or, or like take pictures of you in a corner and you really feel like, Oh, you're you like, know, I'm your, getting your motor GP. I, I'm, yeah. I'm dragging an elbow and then you see right. it in the picture or video and it, it looks like you're almost upright. Yeah. Like, you're like, I am out. street <laughs> riding. <laughs> I was really leaning there. I know I was. 
Yeah, I do that when I look at the po- I photos. My boot. <laughs> After the fact, I'm like, I'm like, man, I was really getting it in the corners today, and I'm looking at the video going, or not the video, the the still photos, and I'm like, ah, oh, nope, nope, you re- you really weren't getting it anything. So <laughs> keep trying. <laughs> we all we all do it, brother. We we do. We all feel like we're Mark Marquez, but we're <laughs> we're we're really more like that guy on the scooter, you know, and that uh, yeah. If I'm dragging a knee, I probably fell off the bike. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> or, or just on a hangover, you know, getting out of bed the next morning. Yeah, you know, that's how you're dragging too, a knee. Too much yeah. beer on the way now, to work. <laughs> now leave Brother Bacon alone. Yeah, go easy. <laughs> whoa, <on>. whoa, whoa. <laughs> the scooter thing, he didn't mean it, okay? <laughs> mm. I'll scoot this foot up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a challenge. Uh, so <laughs> sounds mo- like a good time to me. <laughs> Money spend aside, then, Mister Birch, how was the racing? It was it was really good. It was uh, it was one of the best finishes uh, of the year. It was actually the fourth closest finish in MotoGP history. I think um, you know. I hate to spoil it if anybody hadn't if you if you still DVR in that race from a few weeks ago, but uh, <laughs> you know Mark Marquez led almost the whole race and yeah. right down the last lap, you know Alex Renz was the only one that stayed with him at all, and on the last lap, Renz passed him. Mark got back in front of him, but at the very last corner, right where you come into the to the start finish line, um, Renz dove to the inside and beat him like point zero four seconds. I mean, it was like. It was, it was like point zero, yeah, point mm. zero four, I think, but it was the fourth closest finish in MotoGP. And what does he, Renz, what does he ride? Uh, Suzuki. Suzuki, okay. Uh, so he's a, a rookie too. I mean, he's doing, he's doing great, great things. So it's, uh, you know, him and the, you know, uh, Yamaha's got the, the real young gun, Fabio Quattraro. He is, that guy, I mean, even Mark Marquez said this. This guy right there is going to be who I worry about next year. Mm. You know, especially if Yamaha, you know, they they get a little better in the off season, then Quattraro ought to be a real threat next year. Well, I don't know about their race bikes, but I was looking at the updates for the 2020 Yamaha R1 and the R1M. <laughs> Those things look good. Really you know, good. It's been, it's been kind of a, a weird year in uh, in. MotoGP because I mean it's been dominant. You know I'm a Honda guy and I'm all excited because yeah you know Marquez is still doing his thing and he it really has been dominated by Marquez and on the Repsol Honda, but you know other than than him winning the races they've spread it around the manufacturers. I mean uh, you know Ducati has won and Yamaha has won and Suzuki has won and I mean it's hell they had Aprilia finish in the top 10 mm. like last week so i mean that's that's a big step ktm uh has been has been doing great so they really have uh, it's it's getting more competitive and and it does every year it gets just you know yeah. more and more competitive i am i am so thrilled that ducati brought their v4 to the street because i i always wondered that even like honda they run a v4 too don't they in oh their, yeah and moto gp bike so it's like you have the V4 in the Interceptor, which they don't, I guess they still make it, but they haven't updated it in forever, but they don't really use that anywhere else. And you would think they would make a street version of their GP bike. You know, even if the engine wasn't the same, 
you know, I mean the same tuning, but just a V4 sport bike that people could buy. I just, I don't understand why they don't do that. Yeah. Well, you know, the, uh, the SD 1300 that, uh, I've got is the, is the V4, you know, it's not, not anywhere close to the, the MotoGP bike, but it's, uh, I will say that I do like the V4 Honda. So, but doesn't that one sit in the chassis differently? It does. It sits, uh, more it like sits a goozy More like a goozy. Yes. It's got, it's got the heads like a goozy, uh, where like your bike is transverse the other way. It's, uh, like a V twin, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I love that thing. I, I haven't talked about it a lot on the show, but that sound is, oh, <laughs> it, I can tell, it never I can gets old. It never gets old. And I, I even just the idling now I'm sitting there in traffic today. Traffic really sucked getting home today. And I'm just sitting there listening to it idle and I'm just smiling. I'm like, this doesn't get any better than this. Like, <laughs> Traffic's not going to get me down. I'm listening to this soundtrack. It's great when you have a bike you love. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And then just hearing it wail, like hitting the quick shifter and leaving everybody behind. It's so much fun. Going to get a ticket, I'm sure, because. It's coming. It's coming. I've been pushing my luck. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Although I had a pacer on the way home today. That sucked. (laughs) I get in the express lane at work and I go through three gears wide open, hop in the express lane. And I look off in the distance and I see a white car with looks like a ski rack on top. <laughs> and I'm going, <laughs> that ain't no ski rack. Yeah. I'm like 15 over at this point and I'm looking and I'm getting closer, getting closer. And yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's not a ski rack. So maybe, maybe we shouldn't like close up on him. Like, like a slingshot. Yeah. And the guy ran like 72 miles an hour, the entire length of the express lane. <laughs> Like, you got to be kidding me. I even threw my hands up at one point. Like, come on. Step on it or get out of the way. Sorry, rant over. <laughs> uh, anything else on the racing? Any questions, Bacon? You don't, do you watch GP, Bacon? No, nah, that's, that's an extra cost on the cable, man. Oh. Well, you got to get the <laughs> app from what I hear. The app is pretty cool. Yeah, you got to get the... Video pass. That's the way to go. Video pass. That's what the app is. Yeah, it's uh, MotoGP, and then if you, you you can get the app without buying the video pass, it just gives you like the you can get like the the live timing and the the you know news updates. But if you want to watch the races, and you have to pay the video pass, and it's like a hundred and fifty dollars a year. So it's one fifty a year now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Holy cow! Because yeah, World Superbike is like seven. Well, it's, it's seventy nine pounds, so it's probably it's a hundred bucks, nearly a hundred bucks. And then exactly. Moto America this year was fifty, but that was the discount. I think even that's going to be seventy nine or eighty bucks next year. Listen, listen, I like racing and all, but I don't know if I want to go broke doing it. <laughs> <laughs> At least watching it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go broke doing it, but yeah, but not watching watching it. Yeah, Yeah. you can go broke even doing track days. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Ask uh, Rich about apparently. Yeah, Yeah, I was tallying it up the other day. It's not not looking good for year one. Well, that's okay though. You you get look at all the knowledge you're gaining. Look at the the life experience you're getting, Rich. Exactly. See, tell him, tell him. (laughs) 
<laughs> it makes you a better rider. It makes you a safer rider on the street, Rich. Yeah, I do feel more comfortable and confident, though. I will say that. And you haven't even scuffed up your leathers yet. Not yet. Yeah, that's oh, a that's bad a, day when you scuff your leathers. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, no, no true knee drag yet, yet. Ah, oh, oh, yeah, oh, no, the, the pucks. pucks. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, the pucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Well, you see, I I have a whole bag full of them. So every after every track day, I put new ones on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah, that's why they always look new. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Most guys I know take that thing home to a side grinder and uh, scrape them <laughs> up, so they look like they've been out there scraping their knees. Look at this, man. <laughs> Walk around in 90-degree summer heat just to get the sweat stains. Yeah. Yeah, just sealing in the juices. <laughs> sealing in the juices. Oh, man. So what else did you do over there? I understand you were touring around Scotland a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the racing was was lots of fun. Uh you know, the, the MotoGP was, was, was great. And then the Isle of Man, of course, I mean, even if it wasn't racing going on, the Isle of Man is just beautiful to go to. And we really seeing the classic TT and the Manx Grand Prix, all that was great. But, but when we left on that Saturday, we left the, uh, the Isle of Man and we took the ferry to, uh, to Haysham. And then we did a big loop, uh, of Scotland. We went up the, the West coast, stayed the first night in a place called Castle Douglas. Uh, actually a friend of a friend has a, uh, a hotel there and we, we stayed there with them and a uh, great little town and, and good restaurant at the, at the hotel there. And, uh, the guy that owned the place, like I said, he was kind of a friend of a friend and, and he had some neat stories and there was a picture on the wall of, uh, I guess back in the nineties, the, uh, the, the Prince of Wales, uh, Prince Charles come stayed with him. So that was pretty cool. He had pictures of him hanging with, uh, with Charles Nice. And and left there and then went to um the Isle of Aaron, a little island right off the uh the west coast. It's uh, a really, really little tiny island. It's even tinier than uh, than Isle of Man. Uh but we we caught a ferry to to there, spent the night in a nice little place and we I rode while I was there, I rode every road on the island. There's about a 30-something mile loop around the uh, outside of the island, and then there's like two roads that like cross across the middle. So, you know, so why, you know, it was really great weather, and, and so we, we kind of took a little tour, got to see the whole island. And for a tiny island, it has three distilleries. So we stopped at all three <laughs> scotch distilleries, yes. We Sounds just, like the place to go. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's a great, it's a great place. And then uh, one of the distilleries we stopped at, um, the guy was, uh, he wasn't a motorcycle guy, but he was a scooter guy. And he said, Oh, when you leave here, you've got to take the road, go down to the church and take a right. And that road goes across the mountains here, mm. uh, to the other side of the Island. And he said, it's great on a bike. And I, and we did, and it was, it was an awesome ride, you know, for, they say it was, it was great on such a small Island to find a, you know, a little mountain road to, to, you know, do a little twisty zone. Um, so this was the Isle of Aaron? Aaron, A-R-R-A-N, yes. Oh. Yep. Just there's a uh, there's a bunch of little yeah, you did. There's a bunch of little islands uh right on the west coast right there. It's called like the 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 Firth of Clyde is that little body of water right there. And then it's got uh, like 
like the Isle of Skye and the Isle of Aaron, and there's there's two or three others right there. Um, and you know, I say it's just that they're mainly you know tourism is their biggest industry. You know, there's some you know some farming that goes on there, and then apparently the Isle of Aaron is big in distilleries because there was three distilleries on the tiny island. But <laughs> but it was it was beautiful. It was uh it was you know. The roads were a little rough. They they needed a little repair, but it was still it was a good uh, a good trip. Um, and we caught what they call we, I bought a ticket uh, called a hopscotch ferry ticket. It's uh, the company is called Calmac that operates the ferries right there. Right. And so the hopscotch. So we went from the mainland of Scotland onto the island. So from Ardrosian to Brodick, and then the the second part of my ticket the next day when I was leaving. I went up to the very north of the island and went to uh, back to the mainland of Scotland. It's actually a little, little thin sliver of land that goes on the west coast of Scotland. So we, we you know, like I say, so you're hopscotched. The ferry uh, crossing from the mainland uh, over was a fairly decent-sized crossing. It took us, you know, like maybe maybe 45 minutes or an hour and it was a fairly decent sized ferry. So we pull on the ferry and they tie your bike down with a bunch of cars, just like the, the ferries that go to the Isle of Man. You know, you go upstairs and you've got a place to sit and a little coffee shop, you know, if you want to get something to drink or whatever. And, oh, you had, uh, your, you had your bike there too. Oh yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We didn't travel anywhere that we went on the bike. So nice. So you didn't so, have a car at all. No, there. no, no. I never ran. I, 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 the first year we went over, this was our 10th year, our 11th trip, 10th year we've been over. And the first year I went over, my wife did not ride. So the first two mm. weeks I went over and rode. And then the last 10 days she came over and I rented a car. And I told her that's the last time I rent a car. And <laughs> <laughs> You know, because on a bike, like I've told, I thought I told y'all this before, on a bike riding in the UK, you're on the wrong side of the road, but you're not on the wrong side of the bike. Right. But right. <laughs> when you're on a when you're in a car, you're on the wrong side of the road and, and the wrong, wrong side, side of the car. Of the car. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, and you know shifting shifting gears with your left hand. Well, ten years ago it was a little tougher. Now that I've got a Land Rover that's right hand drive, it's it's not as much of a challenge. But still, it's uh, <laughs> so, you know. It, so anyway, I know everywhere we went, we took the we took the bike. So. Awesome. Uh, but 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 anyway, on the ferry ride over, like I say, it's a fairly decent sized ferry. You get on, and and the the people there tie down your bike, just like every other ferry I've ever been on. Well, when we get ready to leave the next day, and we drive up to the little uh, little ferry port up north uh, in La Cranza, I think's the name of the town. Um, then when we pull on this little small ferry and it's an, it's a convertible, it's an open top. It's actually, you pull on and <laughs> your, your cars are basically on a deck, like in a, in like an open deck. Yeah. Like, and, and, and they don't tie down cars, of course, and they don't do on any of the ferries, but you always tie it. Well, they didn't tie down my bike. And I asked the guy, <laughs> I said, you, you could tie down my bike. He's like, well, we don't know how rough it is out there. I'm like, even more reason to tie down my bike because you don't know how rough it is. Are you going to wait to find out? <laughs> yeah, you can wait till it falls into this Audi A6 that I'm parked next to. That would not be good. So, <laughs> so, but seriously, I would have tied it down myself, but they didn't have any straps, you know, that I could see. So basically, luckily, it's only about a 25 minute crossing. Mm. So I sat on my bike holding the brake the whole time, so it didn't slide into another car. You know, Jeez. so. So that was a little sketchy, but, uh, but, 
that day when we left the Isle of Aaron, uh, that's the only day we rode in the rain. I mean, it rained on us some other times, but I mean, that day we rode in the rain from sun up to we got off the bike. Uh, and we were going, uh, we were going up to stay with a friend of mine in Inverness, which is, you know, way up North in the Highlands. So it was about 190 mile total trip that day. Uh, but it wasn't a bad rain. It's just good, steady rain. It's what they call grand soft Scottish weather, you know, over (laughs) there. It's, uh, uh, but you know, it was, uh, it was a good ride though. It was, it was, it was, I wish it would have been a little clearer because it was, uh, it was pretty scenery. Um, we got to ride around Loch Ness and, and that's a real pretty area, but like I say, it would have been prettier if we wasn't, you know, soaked and it raining, uh, got up to Inverness, uh, stayed with a friend of mine, Gordy, he and his wife, Fiona, and, um, had a good time visiting with them. Uh, the next day we rode back South and the whole ride South from Inverness to Edinburgh is really remote and it's through almost like a national park. I mean, it's like a, it's just really pretty. Um, rode by a couple of distilleries. Dalwini uh, is right there, and Edradour Distillery is there. And rode through the little town that uh, hosted the Goldwing Rally the first year I went over in '09, Pit Lockery. Uh, so I got to ride through that again. I brought back a little memories, and uh, and then that was the night that so we rode to Edinburgh and we stayed on the on the yacht, the Fingal. So we got to tour the you know Royal Yacht Britannia and then stay on the on the yacht, the Fingal. Nice. And I, I tell you about that when we when we showed up that day, um, we showed up about uh, about one o'clock, and we couldn't check in our room until three. So I asked the folks. I said, "Well, you know, can we dump our gear off here, and then uh, we'll go tour the the Royal Yacht Britannia, and then when we come back, it ought to be time to check in the room." He's like, "Yeah, that'd be great. Just dump your gear off right here at the you know reception." Uh, so we did that. Went and toured the Royal Yacht and looked around the shops, had tea with the on the Queen's boat and all that. And when we come back, they said, Oh yeah, your, your room's all ready. We've got all your stuff there. And they, you know, the girl took us down the hall and she gave us the story and the history of it being a lighthouse tender and all the rooms, none of the rooms have numbers. They're all named after famous lighthouses mm. uh in the UK. So we stayed in the uh the the Kate Rath room. And when we went to our room, they not only had taken our luggage there, they had unpacked our luggage. I mean, like our jackets and our rain gear were like hanging in the closet and our clothes were like folded and like awesome. I mean, it was uh, it's first class. It's, it's, it's first class treatment. Uh, so don't so, bring anything crazy with you is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, but yeah. If, if whatever you don't want the, you know, whatever you don't want the maid service to see. You know. We we got we took showers and, and, and got dressed and we're going to dinner. A, 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 a Scottish friend of my wife's that um, rides bicycles with her, he told her about a great uh, pub and restaurant in downtown Edinburgh called the Cafe Royale. So we were going to go there, and so we had the uh, I had concierge call us a, a cab. And we, you know, took the cab downtown, went and had a really, really nice dinner, had some good beer. And when we come back into the room, 
Lynn looked around and she said, I don't think I left my clothes like that. Well, you know, we took a shower. We just take our dirty clothes and just throw them on the floor like the slobs we are, you know. They had come in and cleaned our room again. They had come in and folded our clothes back again and re- replaced all the soaps and put us new uh, robes hanging in there and all. I mean, I, turned down service with mints on the pillows. I mean, it, it's it's first class. It's a lot for a redneck like me, you know, to take in. It was uh, It was pretty pretty swanky. Fancy, fancy. Yeah. And the the next day when we left Edinburgh, we were um, heading south down along the east coast uh, of England. We were our eventual. We were we we're going down to stay with friends of ours in South Shields, uh, Paul and Christine. Uh, and on the way down, Paul said, "You know, he said follow the the coast road because it's really pretty. It's a lot of castles, a lot of a lot of good coastal scenery." And he said. Check the tide tables, but go to the Holy Island. And I really didn't know what he, I'd never been there before. And he said, yeah, he said, it's, it's an island that you can only get to when the tide is low. So I went and looked and saw the time that the, the tides would be right. And we, it was just it was the same time we were going to come through, so it was great. But there is literally this little island and, and the road, when you go on it, if you look at the pictures, if you pull up um, Holy Island, you can see when the tide comes up, there is no road there. In fact, they've got these two little towers with ladders right in the middle uh, of that the length of road. Mm. And the reason why is is because inevitably there's always some jackass that doesn't look at the tidal tables <laughs> and thinks he can make it, and they get stranded. And that those little towers are so you can get out of the water and not drown. Oh. Uh, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, but we did, we rode out to, uh, rode out to the island and, and we walked around the island a little bit. They've got a castle. There's a, some castle ruins out there. We went and looked at those and then, uh, ended up going down, staying with our friends, Paul and Christine, who by the way, are, are coming here in two weeks. They'll be here for a three week trip down, um, down the Blue Ridge Parkway, borrowing a bike for me and a, and a trike from another friend there. Uh, uh, Paul and Christine are going to ride up to, up the coast, uh, um, to Washington, DC. And then ride back down the Blue Ridge Parkway. So going to take a little three week trip. So we we stayed with them. They they live in a they live in a coastal town called South Shields. Um, it was a good visit with them, and they actually took us out to a neat bar and restaurant called the Grotto. That you have to take this elevator down this sheer cliff to the base of the beach, and it's a uh, it, it's a, a smuggler's cave. It was actually carved out from the from the side of the cliffs in like the 1700s. And it used to be uh, a, a smuggler's cave. There's a guy that actually, he catered to smugglers. He ran a little uh, like bar and, and uh, hotel kind of place for, for smugglers to hold up. Um, but it was a really neat, uh, you, you look it up on the internet. It's, it's a neat, it's called the grotto. It's a really neat uh, little bar and restaurant. And like I say, then then after that, the next day was just just bombing down the, the the days I don't like, just bombing down the motorway to get uh, back south, get back to Croydon to my friends Pete and Helen, get back to their house so we can pack up and fly home. But it it was a uh, was a really great trip. the The racing that we saw was 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 great. Isle of Man was good good trip as always, and Scotland is just beautiful and it's. It's just so laid back and uh, up in Scotland. Uh, it's it's really small roads. 
it's uh, it's you know friendly people, really rural, and and not not you know if you the south of London, south of England around around London is just so busy and congested. You get up up uh, up in the mountains, up in uh, up in Scotland, and it's something to see. So I had a, just an awesome trip. All that time we were there, we rode in the rain one day. I mean that's nice. That's hitting the that's hitting the lottery for riding in the UK. I can tell you. Very nice. Wow. No, uh, you skimmed over the whole Del Winnie. Oh, Del Winnie! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did, did you did you go in there? I hope because that's some really good scotch, by the way. It's some really good stuff. It's we actually just just kind of did a flyby recall. I've been there before. I went there when I was there in '09. Okay, uh, but we we just kind of did a flyby. I just went by and kind of took some pictures uh, from the outside because I had been there before, and I was I was showing my wife. I was like, we needed we need to pull off the 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 main road there to get some fuel anyway so i said well let's pull off right here where dalwini is and we'll we'll go through there and it's uh but it's i tell you what was what was neat when i was there 10 years ago we went through edradour which is the smallest distillery in all of scotland so Man. you should and yes some good scotch you should check out that check out edradour it's some good scotch all right i gotta look that nice. up oh man i'm probably not spelling it right but oh i found it Yep. They make in a year what like somebody like Doers makes in like a day. Like ninety thousand liters. That's been ten years ago when I got these numbers, but they were saying they make like ninety thousand liters of scotch a year, where like Doers makes that like either a day or a week. I don't I don't can't remember, but it was uh is a lot. <clears throat> but it's way better. It's so much better. <laughs> yes, it was it's such a good scotch, really. It's it's a it's a single malt, not a blended. It's it's good stuff. Mm. nice well do you have any any travel tips for our listeners out there or any anything you learned this time that you you need to improve on or just another outstanding trip it, it was just a great trip uh you know there's always stuff to be to be learned and flights yeah it's uh yeah flights yeah <laughs> having your own plane and controlling the weather would be the you know the biggest tip I could give you. But uh, other than that, gotcha. Um, I, I will say that you know you helping us out, but also being TSA pre-check also mm. let us make that flight. If we'd had to wait in the line with everyone else, we oh, wouldn't make that flight. Yeah. So spend spend the hundred bucks, get get TSA pre-checked, and and save that time at at the airport. But uh, and and have a backup plan. I mean, we it was lucky that we were able to drive them. I guess we were, you know, all the traveling I've done over the years, I haven't ever had many flights delayed or canceled. So been really lucky. I know it happens to people all the time. Yeah. Uh, but we we were we were really lucky. Really glad I didn't miss any of my any of my vacation. Um, but but you know we we did use this is the second or third year that we've used our little um, three sets of clothes traveling. Trip, you know, we 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 used to just you know pack take it all blue jeans and t shirt just pack everything. But you're going to stay for two weeks, pack two weeks worth of clothes, and then by the end of the trip, you've got a big smelly bag of dirty clothes you're dragging around Europe with you. Um, so we, you know, I say a year or so ago, we we decided we're going to buy some quick dry travel friendly clothes and just wash quick every couple drink. of days. Wrinkle free, wrinkle. Hey, wrinkle free and quick dry. Hey, that Columbia, yep. that Omni dry stuff is is magic it's, stuff. Man, oh I love yeah, it. I love it. Me yeah. too. Ooh, 
I'm actually packing a bag right now to go to Madrid. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that's that's exactly what I'm packing. <laughs> yeah, that, I tell you, it's 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 great and it's it's lightweight. You know, you wash it in the sink. And you know, you, you gotta get on the ex officio underwear as well. You know, they also oh, yeah. quick dry, you know, wash them, wash them, wear them the next day, can't beat it. Right. Or nice. you could just be a hippie and not wash. Or you know, you could be a, you <laughs> be a hippie and you, not you, wash. You could be yeah, you could be that guy. I was gonna say you could save the room and just not, you know, just leave the underwear behind, you know. Like yeah, I'm don't, sure don't the UK is used yeah. to it. It's, yeah. it's okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You just go commando, you know. Save save that room, you know. Or you got to put the scotch somewhere. (laughs) Well, you're close enough to Scotland. I mean, you can wear a kilt. It is true. Almost bought one while I was there. We passed a place called Kilts or Us, so I almost stopped and got me one. What is that a real place? It is. I swear. I swear to God, Kilts or Us was a real place. Oh man. Man. Have you ever looked yeah. into the, what is it, the tactical kilts? Oh, I'm about yeah, to, I'm about I saw to... those. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I know what you were thinking, Rico. You were thinking he yeah. was looking under kilts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> free balling, looking under kilts. It's like, ooh, brother Bacon. I didn't need to know that. <laughs> well, where else are you going to keep your sky? <laughs> but. I tell you, I, I am excited about you guys going over to the Isle of Man uh, uh, this coming year. I, 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 you, you guys are going to have such a great time. We, we got to hook it up, though. I'm I'm slacking. Like, I don't know. Well, <laughs> Rico and I, I got to get gonna, together and hook it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to tell you guys, don't don't worry too much. I mean, it's trust me, it's always best. As soon as you can pull the trigger, pull the trigger, get it booked. But uh, there's there's a couple of times – during the year where people start canceling their trip, people realize they can't make it and they'll, they'll cancel their sailings. They'll cancel their rooms. Yeah. And there's a bunch of websites. There's actually not even websites. Now it's more of Facebook pages that if you follow, there'll be people on there going, Hey, I, you know, I want to get rid of my sailing. I want to only get, you know, I've got a room booked as well. And so don't fret. If you ain't got it done, you, you, you still got time. It's a little tougher the closer it gets, but but you you can still make it, and and we'll we'll hook you up. I'll hook you up with the people I know on the island. I'll hook you up with uh, well, all the stuff I know to stay. So yeah, and I've been reading that that EasyJet. I think it's called EasyJet. They've increased their flights from London. Yeah, they're flying into Douglas. Now, so uh, yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah. A lot more people are, and they said that it's taken off like crazy. So maybe we end up just flying in instead of doing the ferry thing. Yeah. And that, and that's a possibility too. You know, if you're, you know, to me, I always want to take my bike. I don't, I don't want to go to the Isle of Man without taking my bike, but if you're not, if you're going to go and take public trans, then, then yeah, you can, you won't have a problem flying in. Now finding a place to stay is a little tougher, but you still do it as well. It's, it's still yeah. doable. I like Well, the- Technically he needs to get a birthstone bike for this trip. Yeah. If I, remember, if, if, I if I remember our conversation <laughs> from a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you can help him with that of course so i think I, I like the idea of the the tt village you know what i'm talking about sean yeah that's where they take the shipping containers and turn them into the uh to the hotels the the yeah. houses yeah it's like a small version of a container and it's basically just enough room for a couple of beds you know and a shower and to put your stuff and and that's kind of it and it's right there in, in the pit area 
Yeah, I we, I saw one when I we were we were there this year. We were walking around the 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 pit area, and so we're we're kind of thinking back it down a little bit. Probably just do f- like five days for the race week. Maybe stay right there at the village and just fly in. We'll yeah. We'll go again when we can get bikes and tour around and but just just go soak in the racing, you know, soak in the atmosphere there for the first time. You'll have a good time whether whether you go for the whole two weeks or just a week or if you just go for practice week, you'll you'll uh, it'll make you want to go back. That's the only problem I have with going to the Isle of Man is it makes me want to go back. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of ways I can go with you fellas next year. I'm I'm really <laughs> thinking about especially if y'all guys want to go for five days. I I, I might can swing that. I, yeah. I might can. Uh, uh, but it's it's just it really is it's it's addictive it's such a great place it's a magical place i mean it, it is I, it just yep. it makes you want to come back well i'm almost it's a little bit like the track day thing i'm almost afraid to go because then it's gonna it's gonna consume me every year to go back you know it, it is hard once you've been and then it rolls around to the tt time again and you keep thinking man i should go this year man i wish i could find a way to go this year so it, it is it's 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 like a drug i mean it gets you yeah gets it, it gets in your soul and you, and you want to go back so now did you see mr lambert's sidecar in person i i did not you did he not. was on the island i sent i sent him a message uh, uh cuz i don't have i didn't have his cell phone all i have was a, is facebook messenger yeah so i sent him a message when i first got to the island and i said hey uh are you on the island because i knew he was going to be he told me he was going to be yeah well then i didn't get a response and i didn't worry i said you know it's no big deal he may not have made it or maybe he's busy or you know it's something like that well when i was in scotland i know they made it saw pictures yeah 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 i got a (laughs) reply i got a reply from he goes oh sean i'm sorry he said i would have loved to hooked up with you he said i i didn't i didn't have any internet coverage and i i didn't check my my facebook until i got home to the uk he said so so he so i was i hate i missed him but yeah he was over there he he, uh i saw some pictures of him over there as well but i did see uh I saw some sidecars there, but I did not. I, I I didn't go over there to to close enough to look at all of. Them. I didn't see his. I'd like to have, but yeah, because I don't. I don't know if we're going to have the scratch to get on the bike again next year. Yeah, well, we did it one time though. If we if we don't do it again, Rich, we've done it once though. That's, That's right. Uh, we'll we'll work out something else, but it's right. We have loud pipes cool. and uh, antique cycles edge field on the TT course, and we have photos to prove it. Yes, we do. Can't take that from us. All right. John, Rico, Bacon, anything else you guys want to know? I got, I'm set. I went and got a beer while you were talking. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so you're saying it was that interesting. No. <laughs> I, I sent a note to John and Bacon. I was like, uh, cover for me. I'm running to get a beer. <laughs> <laughs> My liquor is gone. Oh, no. All right. Well, I guess if that's it, we just have a couple of um, events to cover, and I want to give a little teaser for the next episode, and and then we'll shut it down. Our next episode coming up will be a little something different. So this one will feature Miranda Young, and she is from the Ghost Biker Explorations um, web series. So she's releasing season two and doing a little podcast tour. I will have a we have a teaser link that we'll put out on our Facebook page. You can check that out and, and you can also go there and check out uh, season one. So 
we're happy to be part of Miranda's podcast tour and looking forward to this one. That'll be the next show. And Johnny John, let's see. What do you have coming up? Spider Adventures? Is that a thing? Are spiders adventurous? He is. John's not adventurous. John's not even here. I don't even know where John is. Oh. Help if I unmute myself, huh? Ah, he's on. <laughs> <laughs> Knock the crust out of your eyes and come on. <laughs> right. Spider Adventures, well, you doing it? I'm going to stop on the way out to Teleco. All right, you do that. I will. Take pictures for me. Which Maybe. means I should make it out to Teleco before you. Why are you doing that for? Oh. Because I got to drink all the Jack before you get there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Remembrances of times past. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, what happens to Teleco stays in Teleco. Um, yeah. So doing that, and we get to meet up next couple of days and on the mountains riding around. Yep. Enrico, you're not back by the 11th, are you? Uh, I should be, yeah. You should yep. be. Are you going to come yep. to Teleco? Maybe. Uh, that's pushing. Come on, Rico. Think about it. Come on, Rico. I'll, I'll think about it, yeah. All right. Even I'll for pin, a day. I'll, a I'll buy you a beer. Maybe two days. Ooh, okay, maybe two. The 11th. Well, Saturday, what, is Saturday the 12th? Yeah, yes. if you want to write up Saturday the 12th. I'm not going out till Saturday. Like we're gonna, like we're gonna uh, meet with uh, Rich in Walla. Yep, that's the sure, plan. If you're sure. coming out Saturday, Rich, that's what we're gonna do. What he said, Walla. Yeah. So if you want to meet up in in Walla, we'll we'll just we're gonna we're planning on doing the shine up. Yep. Then the dragon back to Teleco. Yep. Huh. You know what? Yeah. As I looked at my calendar, yeah, I do have that weekend free. And then so, Sunday, we're riding what? We're going to do the Foothill Parkway. We're going to go up over to Newfound Gap. So bring some warm skivvies. Oh, man, I, all I have is perforated leather. Well, you're going to feed your ass off. He says warm skivvies. I say free wallet. Be, be good, man. Commando. And then uh, head back down to Robbinsville and take the Trail Hall Skyway back across to Telco. And home, head home from home for uh, head for home Monday. Yep. Hey, y'all boys are going to be in Wahala heading uh, north, taking twenty eight. Go twenty eight to the Highlands. It's a great road, and to get to the Highlands, go go to the Ugly Dog Pub and have a cold beer because the Ugly Dog has got good food and good beer. So now, that's see, our, that sounds like a plan because you know we we have stopped in Highlands before, mm-hmm. but we just stopped the Shell Station there. No, <laughs> yeah, stop at the, the stop at the ugly dog. It's right at so when you first come in on twenty eight. It's right at the top of the hill before you drop down. I'll tell you how good so it that is. On, yeah, it's uh well it's no it's it's before the stop by. It's up the hill from the stoplight. It's, come it's, on, Mister uh, Birch, get on your bike and come on over. Well, I, that's the weekend I'm supposed to be going to uh, to Overland uh, Expo in in Arrington, Virginia. So I may be riding up to. A little bit further north than you fellas in Arrington at Over Overland Expo. Okay. Okay. Well, then plan on it for next year. I will, or maybe I can catch you on. I may catch you on the way back because because uh, I'm coming back on uh, Sunday. But but well, I'll tell you how. Yeah. But that is the plan for next year. The route that we're planning riding this week 
or that week is going to be next year's ride. Oh, that's right. You were saying that. Yeah. Well, we definitely will. We'll, we'll definitely plan on that, but I'll tell you how good the ugly dog pub is and how good that riding is around the highlands is when I was coming home on Saturday, I was in Gainesville, Georgia, just heading home and said, you know what? What's a three hour trip out of the way? You know, <laughs> when it's such a pretty day. So I drove uh, uh, two hours North to the ugly dog and had lunch and then drove three hours back home from there. So, you know, wow. That's it was a, a great ride. It is. It was a great ride. You know? Man. Nice. I don't know if I want to stop at the pub because I'm coming out there with new tires and uh, knee sliders. <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, well, your new tires by that point should be scrubbed in. Yeah. Yeah. If you ride from Wahala up 28 to the Highlands, they'll be good and scrubbed in by you get up there, brother. <laughs> well, they should be scrubbed in from the time he leaves Charlotte to Wahala. Yeah, just that little, just that little strip in the middle, though. So. I yeah. looked, I looked at it today. I think I'm not going to change it. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn up the Q3 plus on that trip and then change it. I did order a tire, but I'm going to put it on when I get back. I think there's plenty so of meat sa- on the side of the tire yet, so it'll be. So fun. what you're saying? So what you're saying is you're going to take my idea and put the duct tape around the middle? Yeah, just to be certain. Just yeah. to be certain. <laughs> just so you know, I do have a plug kit with me. So if you do pop. Put a hole in the tire. I can't. Pl- you can plug it. A couple of bands of duct tape, right on. Awesome. All right, and then believe it or not, the next event would be the Isle of Man TT, May and June of 2020. Uh, John and company says they're going to Sturgis, and I can confirm, but I won't get into details that I do now own a trailer. So we'll talk about that on the next show. And the Loud Pipes Meetup, September 18, 19, 20, 21 of the year 2020, which seems so far away. I know it's a year, but it seems so far away. But we are seeing clearly now. We are seeing clearly. <laughs> All right. And we don't have any for this episode, but we'll remind everyone that we're on the value for value model and it's direct donation now. Our Patreon process is closed. So head over to loudpipes.net slash donate. If you found some value or entertainment in the show, we'd appreciate a contribution. And if you're still interested in supporting Loud Pipes Racing, you can go to loudpipesracing.com. There's a link there to donate as well. And we send all of that money minus whatever admin fees we have to pay straight to some racer of some sort. And depending on what we'll get, depends on what we do for next year. And Mr. Birch has been a good supporter of that. We thank him very much. You're welcome. All right. Notes of this episode can be found on the website, loudpipes.net slash 168. We have some good links there to leave us some feedback. You can subscribe to our show with your favorite podcast app. And there's some links there to social media. Don't forget to check out Facebook for our next episode teaser. And want to say thanks again to Mr. Birch for joining us. We always like hearing about your European adventures and can't wait for the next one. Hey, it was always a pleasure to be on with you guys. This is uh it's a real treat and um we'll get together and ride soon. All right. You got a couple of websites, right? Do you have uh what do you have on Facebook? Redneck Travels? Yeah, yeah, Redneck Travel Tales uh is my kind of like my travel blog and then Antique Cycles Edgefield is uh my antique cycle business. Um and just a real quick plug, if this comes out before this weekend, uh, the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride is September 29th, Sunday, September 29th, 
And if you go to uh, gentlemansride.com and search for rider Sean Birch, you can sponsor me. Yep. Or you can go to our Facebook page. We shared that out earlier today. Absolutely. Great. Appreciate that, fellas. Good job. Thank you very much. All right, Brother Hogan, where's your kickstand? It's up, baby. It's up, baby. All right, Johnny John. Let's roll, guys. Megan. Shoot, I've been warming up for the past 15. <laughs> Let's go. Thanks again, Sean. Chupila. All right, good night, guys. Chupila. Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. Loudpipes.net forward slash donate.